Hi there, everybody. Karen Roby here with Jason Perlow and Jason Cipriani. They make up Jason Squared. We're glad to be with you today and uh, talking about uh, a serious subject. This is social media, the impact on our mental health. You guys, this is something that we talk about a lot. We read about a lot. You know, the implications for uh, younger people, and, and it definitely impacts uh those of us adults who are on social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, uh, there's so many things coming at us these days and comments and likes and all of that stuff can be a lot to take. So uh, Jason Cipriani, let's just start with you here uh, on the state of social media as it relates to our mental health. Yeah, and I, you know, it's, it's a very broad topic, but a very impactful one as well. In, in that, you know, we've become and we and myself is probably what I'm talking about more so, but society as a whole is we've become so accustomed to reaching for our phones in any brief moments of downtime or um, when we're on our computers. And, and the first place we visit is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, any of these other social networks that we post snippets of our life. And it, it originally started out as something fun and a great way to stay in touch, or maybe you needed to use it for work um, and connect with long lost friends or family members and relatives that don't live nearby. But it, I think over the years, at least for me personally, it slowly progressed into this, it's almost a, a, a burden of having to constantly check and, um, you know, check in on a post that I just you know, published and seeing how well it's doing, if I'm getting any likes, are there any comments? And, you know, when you do that, and especially if you're using every moment of free time you have and you're grabbing your phone, whether you're waiting in line or you have two minutes and you, you kind of want to avoid a social conversation or social interaction, um, it, it really can wear on you once you start not getting that positive reinforcement and, and that life that we've created for ourselves online starts to impact our real life and the way we view ourselves and, and the life we truly live. And you know, there's, there's pros and cons to social networking, but right now I feel like we're kind of at a tipping point where everyone is starting to slowly realize that how negative uh, of an impact, you know, just sending out a tweet or posting on Instagram can have on you and your mental health and, and make you start to question, you know, your place in society when in reality, a lot of that stuff's fake and, you know, composed and set up just perfectly to look great online, but it's not real life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Jason Perlow, actually just a few minutes ago, we were just talking about this off camera that you uh, just posted a picture of your really good lunch, some uh, really good looking tacos. And, you know, that kind of thing is fun. It's, it's fun for me to you know, to, to jump on and see that uh, one of my friends or you is having a great lunch or attended a great event last night and, you know, seeing you all dressed up, things like that. So in that respect, it's, it's kind of nice to stay connected to people that may not, uh, you know, live near you, but there's always the flip side. So, yeah, no, you're right. You know, it, it, in the last two years, I've had to take uh, much more control over my interactions online. Um, Obviously, Jason and myself are both writers. You know, we have to create content for the internet to improve our engagement on the stuff that we write. You know, and and, and you know, uh, the ZDNet and the other outlets that I write for, you know, it, engagement is really important because it, it keep it keeps you, you know, your 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 articles in the focus and people read them. And you have to, you know, more now commenting on things is is more important now than it used to be. Um, but and that's just strictly work work-related social network. You know, we both use Twitter. We, um, I use Instagram for a lot of things for my food-related writing. 
Obviously, you saw a picture of my lunch. Um, but also Facebook, right? Because Facebook is now changing its focus towards group dynamics more so than personal feeds. So they're going to they're increasing their focus more on, on your interaction with lots of people at a time, right? So you're going to get so many more updates when you're, when you're participating on a group thread than you are on something on your personal page. You know, I, I belong to a couple of groups where, you know, membership is in tens of thousands. So it, you know, it's, it, it's very easy to start seeing hundreds and hundreds of these updates occurring, you know, daily. So it doesn't become overwhelming. Um, I've had to, because of, you know, and, and I also write corporate for a living. So I have lots of different responsibilities um, and I get lots of updates on chat on, and chat programs and things like that. So it's hard to balance this, especially as you get older, it's much harder to, fo to maintain focus um, than when you're, you know, you're 25 versus, you know, when you're 50, right? Um, so what I've tried to do is I've had to, one is I, I do use technological things to try to limit the amount of interactions that I have. Uh, one of the things I currently use now on Facebook is a, um, it's a it's it's a Chrome uh, what do you call it um a, a Chrome extension. yeah a Chrome extension uh, called Social Fixer and I've used it over the last five years for different things but mostly it's when during the election cycle now we do have an election cycle coming up in the next couple months um, you know the 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 rhetoric on both ends of the spectrum is going to be heating up there's going to be a lot of conversations memes all kinds of things being shared about different type of subjects that you know, are going to aggravate you. Um, so that, 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 that extension allows you to eliminate all mentions of politics uh, on all different sides, all different subjects. You plug it in, you turn it on, and suddenly your Facebook is back to cats and, and, and you know, interactions with your friends again. And, uh, you know, if they mention stuff that's related to those things, it's not going to show. Or it'll show you this is a, a, a politics post. We've, we've muted it, and you have to click on it if you want to see it. That's one aspect. Uh, and that's made my feeds a lot more quieter than they used to be. And I can just use Facebook for the things that I like now. The other things that I think uh, are good um, are things like mindfulness meditation software. Um, there's a great software package that I was introduced to about two years ago called Headspace. Headspace runs on your mobile device. It can also run on your Amazon Alexa. It can also run on your PC or your Mac, on your iPad, whatever you got. But basically, it's a subscription service that for $80 a year, um, there's various different instructors that will help you through breathing exercises. It'll help you with sleeping exercises. You can take two minutes out of your day to do it. You can take 20 minutes out of your day to do it. But either way, it's a great way to just sit and decompress with, with a very calming voice, learning how to breathe in and out. And it does, it sounds silly, but it does work. And I've, I've found that it's helped me quite a bit. Yeah, I've, I've heard that from a number of people, uh, Jason, that that can certainly be of help. Uh, all right, so Jason Cipriani, before we get to uh, your thoughts on some things people can keep in mind, uh, what do you think about uh, Jason Cipriani it, kind of playing devil's advocate here, I will, for a second, that, uh, you know, a, a lot of people will say, uh, and one of the big social media gurus that I follow uh, talks a lot about the fact that, you know, with social media now, though, as it relates especially to the younger generation, to teenagers, uh, they now have an outlet that they didn't have before. They now have uh, within reach, you know, anyone in the world that may be going through something like th they are experiencing, whether it's bullying or they have a particular disorder that makes them feel different. Now they have 
a way to reach out to other people that are just like them, and that gives them brings them comfort. You know, they can have conversations with someone that's if they're in Washington D.C. with someone in Australia, which they've never we've never had the ability to do that before. So, on the flip side, you know, there's great things that can come from social media. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, in in no way is my stance that social media and social networking is you know horrible all around, hundred percent of the time. But like with anything else. There's good and bad, and, and in moderation, I think it's a great thing. Absolutely, being able to connect with someone who shares in the same feelings, maybe you have mental illness and shares in the same feelings that you have, or has gone through um, you know, a hard time like you, or, or disease, or whatever it is, and you're able to connect and bond with. That, absolutely, those tools are, are priceless, really. Uh, and you know, you're right, we've never had this right now. But... There's a, there's a flip side to that too, where it very quickly and easily can turn into something negative. You know, I'm in some Facebook groups, just like Jason was talking about a, sec, a second ago. And for the most part, 80% of those groups are very resourceful and helpful. But then you get a few people in there who every time you comment or every time you post something or anyone else posts something, they're the first ones to start, you know, uh, having a negative inter interaction with. And so I think there's a fine line in, making sure, especially for the younger uh, generation, for making sure that the outlets that you find to interact with on social media are positive. And they're not gonna be 100% positive, but that you're eliminating those you know, Facebook groups where you know, if the interactions are getting negative a lot of the time and you know, there's always someone in there coming after anyone who posts or coming after you, then you, know, you have to cut back on those. But yeah, absolutely, to your point, the, you know, the resources we have now just as a society to connect and interact and relate to other people in the world, it's huge and it's very beneficial to everyone involved uh, from that regard. Yeah, most definitely. And I think it's with anything uh, that can be good in our world and always has been that it, it has to be in moderation, right? We go overboard on something and it's, that's never a good thing, right? You know, regardless of whether it's food or social media or something like that, it just seems as humans, uh, we all, it's sometimes hard to regulate ourselves. What do you think about that, Jason Perlow? Well, regulation is really important. Um, you know, that's why I like when I take my vacation time, I like to go to places where I can essentially disconnect from using this technology. Um, I work from home. So, um, the, I mean, the, the, the benefit of working from home is you get to work from home. The, the negative part of working from home is you get to work from home. So, yeah, I always try to take out, uh, you know, uh, an hour or so out of my day. One is to go out and get some coffee or go get a, go get a quick lunch or something just to be out and, and to encounter other people. Um, I always try to, you know, my wife yells at me, we don't cook at home enough, but I like to go out at night and, you know, for happy hour and meet some people, have a couple of drinks, go out and eat a couple of things try a new restaurant, you know, a couple times a week. Um, I think that's healthy. But, you know, when I go on, when I, when I, it's important that you do take time off, you do take, and you do use your vacation time. I know so many people that work in the tech profession, you know, they get two plus weeks of vacation a year. They never use it. They, 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 they work from home. They're like, ah, I don't know if I can take a vacation now because work is really busy. You know, we're short on folks or whatever. We have deadlines. They don't take that time off and they burn out. I've seen so much burnout in the technical profession. It's, 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 uh, 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 it's an epidemic, really. And so I like to go to places, um, if, you, if you can take the time off, even if you can't leave the country, if you can't leave the state, find some place where you can go for a weekend not far from home, 
that you know you can just turn the phone off for 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 a couple hours at a time. Yeah, I understand you have to check in with you know with family and stuff like that. But you know, uh, if if it's vacation, nobody should be bothering you from work on vacation, and and just and just learn to to do things that are are interactive. Go to museums, take walks on. I mean, if you need, if you live in a warm climate, take some walks on the beach, go to the boardwalk or something, um, or go to the city. Um, you know, go see a, a show or something if you if you're lucky enough to live in New York or one of those you know metro areas that have various different types of cultural events and things going on. Um, be among other people. Um, don't sit and look at your, your thing, you know, constantly. I, I think that's that's the hardest thing for, I think, for people is to disconnect from that device, especially the younger generation that you're in. I'm almost 50, and I still feel that, you know, when I'm out to dinner with friends and stuff, you know, I, I, I feel like this urge to need to look at the phone because, you know, I, I might have gotten a message from work or something like that. So it's, it's, it's really kind of retraining your brain to create boundaries from the technological objects. Yes, we need to create boundaries from people that we feel that are toxic and are bothering us or, or whatever, but we also need to set boundaries from, 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 from the devices and, 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 fr and from the various software and, and services that we use as well. Yeah, most certainly. And, and like you said, being out uh, you know, uh, with society, uh, if you work from home especially, you've got to give yourself that time and, and disconnect and find ways to just say, I'm going to put the phone down for a day or I'm going to give Facebook a two-day break or whatever it may be. Uh, Jason Cipriano, we'll, we'll go to you here shortly for four, final thoughts. Um, I know you're a parent as I am and with my kids. You know, this is a, a something I'm, I'm trying to understand more and, and help them work through this because it's not going away, right? Social media is here to stay and they have to learn healthy habits from an early age uh, so that, that, you know, as they get into being an adult, that they've got responsible ways of using it for the right reasons and not getting bogged down uh, and, and potentially harming them, you know, in terms of their mental health. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's such a sticky topic, uh, especially in our household. You know, my, my oldest is getting ready to go into middle school. She's had a phone for about six months now, um, but she's not on any social networks. And, and I don't know when we're going to get to a point where we're comfortable letting her on any. You know, she has a lot of friends who may not have a phone, but they have an iPod or they have an iPad and they're on Snapchat and they're constantly asking, can, can she please get on Snapchat so we can talk? And, and you know, the answer is a hard no right away, like especially Snapchat where there's no paper trail, so to speak of what is going on there, what is being said, what is being shared. Um, and there's a few other issues I have with their news feed and their discovery feed and, and the stories that they select without an age restriction. And you know, it's just not appropriate going forward. The idea for getting on Facebook or Twitter, or even Instagram, and it, it scares me. And I, I honestly don't know how to address it other than having very frank and honest conversations with her saying, this is what can happen. If this does happen, here's what you need to do. And here's your reaction. Here's what to say on there. Here's what not to say on there. You know, if you need to have an honest conversation about a friend with a friend, then that needs to be in person, stuff like that. And, and that will help limit and hopefully prevent any sort of the drama and, and issues that can come about from it. Uh, it's a whole new world this year for us going forward. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more pressure uh, on, on her, on myself and my wife, as well as my daughter to, you know, let her start to branch out and interact with her friends in new ways. Um, and, and to that regard, you know, some of the advice I'll give to her as far as cutting back, because it's very easy to become somewhat addicted to it. Um, I, 
I go through periods where I delete Facebook or Twitter or whatever else app off of my phone. If I know I need to take a break for a few days, uh, like we're going camping this weekend. I don't think we're going to have signal up there. So that'll be a forced break, which is a huge relief. And, you know, I, I look forward to that. Um, another thing I've done is I've moved Instagram and Facebook and Twitter off the main page of my, my phone. So the apps are, you know, two or three screens to the side. So that muscle reaction of when I take my phone out of my pocket and unlock it, my eyes don't immediately go to the Facebook app and tap on that. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking at my newsfeed for the next 20 minutes without even realizing what I'm doing. You know, little things, little tweaks to your daily routine and your, your normal habit of every time you unlock your phone, what you reach for can help limit um, what you're doing on social network. But at the end of the day, you just have to have the willpower, I think, to, you know, cut back on your own. You know, Google has tools. Apple has tools in iOS and Android that will limit how much time we could spend in an app, but they're very easily disabled. And that, you know, sure, it's a, it's a crutch that we could help lean on, but if you can disable it in two taps, what does it really matter? Yeah, most definitely. And and just, uh, you know, as adults too, we definitely need to, and I know you both said that, have uh, looked to Google or Apple for some of those apps. It's definitely worth looking into and see if, in, if it can help you on a daily basis. Uh, Jason Perlow, any final th thoughts for you on this? Yeah, one thing I, I think that we need to touch on a little bit, you know, is the darker side of all this stuff, which is that, you know, these services are feedback loops, right? Um, I don't know if anyone has seen the new uh, movie, the documentary on Netflix, I think it was, it's called The Great Hack. Um, it's about the Cambridge Analytica scandal during the, uh, you know, the outcome of the previous presidential election in the United States. Um, we have to remember that services like Facebook, uh, you know, when we, when we post things, uh, we like things, we do various different activities, that, those, that data about each and every one of us is captured in some way. Um, how that data is used by the online services themselves, like Facebook, um, we only kind of know a little bit about, um, but we definitely didn't know how that data was being shared and used by third parties, uh, such as Cambridge Analytica, which took a lot of our likes and favorites and things like that, and built up very sophisticated data models about personalities of voters and things like that. And they were able then to use, create social media campaigns using memes and, and, all, kind, and all kinds of stuff to manipulate the way uh, for, for, for who, who, for which candidate uh, wanted to, uh, to have them vote for them. Um, and so obviously, you know, that's a huge thing that's going on now in, in our political system. Um, it's been exposed, right? So we don't know if there'll ever be a campaign of the same type and scale ever done again, but we don't know this. We don't know this for a fact. We don't know, we don't know what safeguards Facebook is really doing with their data, um, with, their, with their graph APIs and all the different things that they have for developers to access. So we need to be very careful about how we interpret information on social networking. It isn't always as it seems, as Jason says, a lot of these things um, on, on Facebook, uh, excuse me, like on Instagram, if you watch celebrities in these, 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 these uh, Instagram celebs, you know, effectively they are celebrities because of Instagram. Um, you know, these are highly staged, highly manufactured photographs um, that depict perfect lifestyles and things like that, that are not necessarily real. So we have to question everything that we see online and, 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 and use our brains and say, hey, you know what, you know, maybe this isn't real. Um, maybe I need to do some additional research about, about what I'm reading just to make sure this is coming from a valid news source, uh, that this is trusted, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, and yes, it is still difficult to do that, uh, even with quote unquote trusted news sources, um, because everybody, because of the speed of the way things happen in news today, it's, it, there's so much more pressure to get the articles and the information out that the amount of fact checking that we used to do with traditional media, uh, the same due diligence isn't necessarily still, still being done today by all news outlets at all times. So we have to be careful. Yeah, we absolutely have to. It is a new world uh, in that regard. All right, Jason Furlow, Jason Cipriani, we thank you for being with us. And we thank you for watching Jason Squared. We'll see you again for a great discussion. Thanks for watching.